Hello and welcome to the Menopause Cast. Clarity, connection and confidence in menopause. You can cry, shout or laugh out loud with me, Debbie Wallbank, and some of my fellow menopause warriors who will often be joining me to share their own experiences and expert advice. Whatever you're dealing with right now, I need you to believe it can get better. The light at the end of the tunnel might seem so far away, but it is there. You just have to keep moving forward. My hope is that you can relate to my story and that this podcast might help you get through that tunnel, even if it's just a few steps further forward towards sharing your voice and finding your own menopositivity. Oh, I'm so excited to finally be here. Um, this was meant to be live, but I've been having a few technical difficulties, of course. And I'm going to try and obviously do live next time. So apologies, seeing as it's the first one, it's really disappointing. I wanted you guys live to have a chat and answer your questions um, as we go. But clearly, it's not in my favour today. So we'll just crack on anyway. And obviously, if you have any questions, feel free to pop them in the comments of the post or drop me a message. So, (laughs) should be live. But it's the next best thing for episode one of this brand new podcast all about the big M. Yep, menopause and all such associated things. And I can't wait to share my knowledge with you, my experience, and bring on guest speakers, guest gurus, who know way more than I do, and in particular about niche areas, about specific subjects, topics. So I can't wait to start introducing these people to you. For today, you have me, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story. We're going to go into um, some menu information, and hopefully, you're going to really enjoy it. So we should be streaming live in the Facebook group. We're not today, but with any luck, next time we will be. I'm going to make sure that happens. It's also been recorded, as you know, because you're now watching this recording, just so you're aware that it is being recorded. So let me know where you're watching from. Um, Obviously, it's all going to be on replay for you guys, Um, but just let me know where about you are watching from. If you're listening to the podcast, why don't you think about watching the sessions? Because what I do or will be doing is, as I've said, streaming live into a private Facebook group. And from there, it will be recorded and turned into the podcast. But if you're there live, you get the opportunity to be interactive with me, to get your questions answered there and then, and just to have a chat with me and make the whole experience more of a community experience. So if you want to do that, no problem to join the Facebook group and the link will be in the details of this podcast. Right then, 
as I say, feel free to ask any questions. I can't answer them live today, but I will certainly answer them in the next session. And going forward, I'll do my best to answer them live when we are live. So let's get this show on the air. And today, I really wanted to go back to basics. I'm going to reveal the four stages of menopause and find out exactly what the differences are. And as you're here, listening, watching, my guess is you're most likely already in the late stages of perimenopause or you're in postmenopause. But I'm also hoping that I'm reaching some of you ladies who haven't even thought about menopause yet. Those of you that think it's years away because you're too young. And I want to provide women of all ages with the knowledge that you need in order to navigate this transition more effectively. You know, arm yourself early, get prepared, and you could have a much calmer, less stressful experience than I had. And if you just said, what the hell is perimenopause? What's postmenopause? Isn't it just menopause? Well, this episode will help you understand which stage you are in and what might come next for you. But first, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story, just to give you some background on why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I feel I'm in a position to be able to do that. So they say life begins at 40. I'm not really sure about that, but a massive shift in my life certainly began then. Of course, I didn't realise it at the time. Most women don't. I had reached my career goal. I was in London managing a prestige building. I had fulfilled a personal goal of mine, which was to travel Australia. I was there for two months, which was amazing. And I was happily married. Until I wasn't. It took less than four years of being in my marriage for it to completely disintegrate. And not only that, I lost multiple jobs back to back. I even had to leave my home because I couldn't afford it anymore. I was literally broken. And ultimately, in December 2020, so not that long ago, 15 months ago, I was ready to give up on life entirely. And it ugh, makes me judder to say those words out loud because I can't believe I was ever in such a place. But you'll understand why as we progress through these podcasts. However, here I am, those 15 months later, and I'm actually happier than I have ever been, ever been in my life. But how did that happen? It happened as a result of, firstly, an opportunity, which you'll get to know further down the line, a decision to take advantage of that opportunity. But believe it or not, the main contributor to all of this is menopause. 
It may have been menopause that broke me initially, but it was most definitely also the making of me. Truly, I I barely recognise the person I was 12, 15 months ago now. And at that time, it really felt as though I had nothing to live for. Now I'm in the middle of this wonderful new adventure that's already given me opportunities I, I couldn't have imagined. You know, I have beautiful clients who I help on a daily basis. I've been featured in multiple press articles in magazines. Um, I've been on a couple of podcasts as a guest. It just seems so surreal to be saying these things. It's honestly a world away from where I was in December 2020. I've actually got unlimited confidence now. I have no fear, no fear. And I'm proud, really proud to be a menopause warrior, to be part of the menopause revolution, and to be able to help other beautiful midlife, any age women, to be fair, forget that, any age women. And I'm also really, really grateful to have this opportunity to share my voice, to tell my story. Because you just might be the one person that needs to hear it. So whatever you're dealing with right now, right now, I need you to believe it can get better. The light at the end of that tunnel, it might seem so far away at the moment, but it is there. You just have to keep moving forward. My real hope is that you can relate to my story, though, and that this podcast might help you get through that tunnel, even if it's just a few steps towards that light to sharing your own voice and actually finding your own men of positivity. And this is now, you know, this is my new brand, and I'm all about the positives of menopause because there are actually quite a lot. And although it can be a rough period for some. It doesn't have to be if you know about it in advance. And if you have these tools that I can give you, if you have the support mechanism behind you, it doesn't have to be the horrific nightmare that so many women are experiencing right now and have done previously. Things need to change. They really do. So that menopause is not something that we're scared of. It's not something we dread. It's just another step in our journey. But where did menopause all start for me? Well, let me take you back. It was 2014. I just lost a job due to having excessive time off for mental health issues, namely depression and anxiety. Now, I've had depression before, um, which was treated, but this was this was not that. <laughs> this was a whole different level of mental stress. But again, I didn't know any different at that point. And this was really damaging to me because I've always been successful in my career. It's focused, dedicated, results-driven, and had an exemplary record up until this point. I've been used to high-level positions, senior management, with high-profile businesses, massive global corporations, 
I've always had a good salary. There's always been massive potential with the companies that I've worked for. But at this point, I was struggling to keep a job of a really basic nature that had happened as another sequence of life events, but I couldn't even do that. I'd been forced into this different career due to having to relocate with my now ex-husband. And, you know, that was fine. I, I dealt with it at the time. I took a job that kind of was just just a job, you know, to fill a gap and get me back onto that ladder of working my way back up again. But I was struggling, you know, focus, organisational skills. And my short-term memory had pretty much escaped me. It's not helpful in a corporate environment at any level. But I'd, I'd kind of written off these feelings, if you like, purely, I wrote it off on the job, that the work challenge wasn't great enough to incentivize me. You know, I find that boredom breeds inactivity for me. If I'm not challenged, I won't do anything. Um, and that's what I thought was happening, that it just wasn't a stimulating enough job. And therefore, in my head, I just actually couldn't be bothered to focus and, you know, get the job done. Struggling with work and then losing that job, that very basic job, that put a huge strain on the marriage. Um, my ex is stereotypical, you know, work a 40-hour week, um, you know, get your pension, save every spare penny, kind of by the rules sort of look. Um, not really open to other ways of working and reasons for other ways of working you know at this point I'd only been married two years we met much later in life and we you know should still have been a happily loved up young married couple not young not so young but (laughs) young in our marriage I gained weight like to a ridiculous level I was already three stone up since the wedding and my, my self-esteem was through the floor because I've always been naturally slim. Now, this is not this is not a conversation on weight at all or size or body image. But at that time, I was used to being size six to eight, very, very slim, barely put on a pound no matter what I ate for most of my life up until my marriage. And then it just seemed to creep on and creep on and creep on. And no matter what I did, it wouldn't come off. And I just thought it was because I was in a a different place. You know, I was having a different life. It was calmer, less stressful, a bit more sedentary. I was married. I was happy. I was settled. Um, My husband could eat a horse and not show it anywhere. And I subconsciously just would eat the same. And I I put it all down to that, that I was eating a bit more, I wasn't moving as much. And it was just that comfort, you know, that place of being settled. But had I known it was actually my hormones at the time, I could have treated it so differently. And I'd not now be battling with a whopping five stone excess five stone when 
and I try not to focus on weight, as I say, but it just gives you a representation of the difference of what I was then and what I am now. And I don't expect to lose all of that, not at all. And part of me isn't even that bothered anymore. I'm doing it for health, not for vanity. We'll talk about that in a future future episode um, and how to try and combat that. But I didn't know that's what was causing it. And therefore, it creates a whole different mindset around the weight. You know, you think it's your fault. It doesn't matter what you try, it's not working, so you must be doing something wrong. That isn't the case when it's hormone-related. On top of all of this, I was constantly tired, had absolutely zero interest in our physical relationship. You know, I'd actually go to any lengths to avoid it. And the, the fatigue actually came in quite handy for that purpose, um, as much as I hate to admit it now, but that's that's just how it was. I was so miserable, constantly irritable, angry, lethargic, absolutely no fun to be around. Um, we argued constantly towards the end and we just we didn't seem to have any common ground we didn't do anything together we barely even spoke you know the communication went out the window so it's really no surprise that you know two years after that we were separated so four years in total of a marriage which when you sign up to it later in life you kind of expect that to be it for the rest of your life. Um, so that was a massive shock, to be fair. It really left me in more turmoil. I mean, emotionally, obviously, mentally, definitely, and financially, because my ex earned considerably more money than me. And therefore, he paid for the majority of household bills, the rent, the car. When he went, I lost all of that. I literally had nothing. And I battled on taking medical advice, being told it was depression, resigning myself to the fact that this was just an extended period of a really bad depression, and thinking that it was getting worse because of all the other stress that was now happening, you know, because of the marriage breakdown, because of the job. I thought it was just a vicious circle. But the loss of my marriage actually wasn't the worst part. It was the loss of everything else. My self-worth, my lifestyle. Now I laugh here because it was never actually lavish, but any lifestyle that you enjoy, if that's suddenly taken away from you, it can be quite drastic. My confidence was non-existent. I had no pride. I wasn't washing. I wasn't brushing my hair. I wasn't brushing my teeth. I, you know, it was horrible, really horrible. But a few months after we split, started obviously come to terms with things. Was trying to get my headspace back in a good place, and I was actually approached by a previous boss who I'd loved working with before. I'd actually worked near twice before. And she suggested I apply for this amazing new position that was coming up with the company that she was working with. And at the time, I just thought, you know what? This is what I need. This is it. This is the thing that's going to get me out of this mess, this hole. 
And I was so delighted to have this opportunity because it was back into management and it was back into an industry I knew so well and a job that I had done dozens of times before. I really thought this was the solution, given that my previous lower level job had started this mood of depression and melancholy, right? Except it hadn't. And that's what I didn't know. That was the missing piece. But I thought that obviously what I needed was this mental challenge, a job that I could get my teeth into, start feeling like myself again, having a purpose. And I do thrive when my brain is put to work. I have a very active brain and it needs to be challenged. So at this point, I had nothing to lose. So I applied and I was successful, which I was really surprised about because I'd been out of the industry for a few years, but I got the job. However, timing couldn't have been worse, let me tell you. So unbeknownst to me, my menopause symptoms had only just surfaced. This was just the beginning. And they were about to get a whole lot more intense. But I didn't know that either. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't prepared. Didn't even know it was menopause. The job itself was amazing. Exactly what I've been waiting for, exactly what I thought I needed. The problem was my brain couldn't cope anymore. My office management skills had disappeared. I struggled with brain fog. I couldn't focus on anything. I couldn't organize. I couldn't plan. And I couldn't remember anything. All these things that I'd been actually known for, you know, people would come to me because these weren't their skills and I would sort it all out for them. I was the go-to for organization and planning because that's how my mind works. It was easy for me. Not anymore. And I, I couldn't comprehend what was happening. It's like, why can't I do this job? The job is no different. It's a different company, yes. It's different people, yes. But the skills required for the job are the same skills I've been using for 15 years in the industry. But I just couldn't operate at the high level required for the role, even though it was, like I say, something I've done many times. And obviously I was devastated at this, really frustrated because I didn't know why it was happening. I'm so embarrassed because I felt like I'd let people down, that I'd conned people almost into giving me this job that I couldn't do, but I didn't know I couldn't do it. I had no reason to even imagine that I wouldn't be able to do it. But I still felt embarrassed because I didn't know what people were thinking of me. And of course, that then led to further depression, more anxiety, and this horrific fatigue that I can't even describe to you. It, it, it's such an extreme fatigue that it, you're almost catatonic. You just you don't function. That then, of course, led to more time off. And then that led to me losing that job, which really was one of the best jobs I've ever had, opportunity-wise, visibility-wise, challenge-wise. But it was gone. And the shame, oh, the shame was immense. I mean, I couldn't believe that this had happened to me because 
I'm such a committed employee. I was such a committed employee. What on earth is going on? How can I have lost this amazing job? And I couldn't even explain what was going on to my employer. The only thing I could tell them was that it was depression. Obviously, a long bout of it. Related, you know, all the related depression symptoms, but also this fatigue. And how ridiculous does it sound saying to your boss, I'm really sorry I can't come into work today because I'm so exhausted, I actually can't get out of bed. Now, that's not really a great reason not to come to work as far as an employer is concerned. And if it had been an, an employee of mine saying that, I would have probably laughed at them down the phone and said, just get up, get to work, don't be so stupid. So if I'd been my boss, I'd have fired me too. I really, I sounded so pathetic. I felt even more so. Um, but once I'd actually been let go, that's when everything stopped. I, I just stopped caring about everything, literally everything. By now, after having to leave my marital home, the only thing I could afford was a one, two, three-roomed flat. So a kitchen, living room, a bath, tiny bathroom and a bedroom in, uh, that was owned by one of my friends. So, you know, she was charging me as little money as possible to help me. So the rent was very low. But I was unemployed. I was relying on benefits, which, you know, barely scraped together the rent. I was avoiding all social interaction. So, you know, I, I just completely went into myself. And after a few months, I was then, you know, I started to really struggle with money because the benefits were, like I say, they weren't even really covering the rent. But then there's everything else you need to pay. And I knew I had more money coming in from another source but it was going to be a bit late. So unfortunately, I had to tell my friend that the rent was going to be late, but only by a couple of weeks. And then it would be fine for, you know, the months after that. But that didn't go down too well, unfortunately. And she actually suggested that I leave. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had nowhere else to go. <laughs> Honestly, nowhere else to go. And even if I did, I couldn't afford it because... The rent was so low in that place that there's I would have never found anywhere else other than a cardboard box outside, I think. So this was not good. But that's when I made the decision to leave my hometown, which you will hear more of and other parts of my story throughout this podcast series. So do tune in again for more if you want to know more about my personal experience. But first of all, before, you, before we do that, let's get you some clarity around these stages in the hope that when you realise you are in each stage, you will know what to expect and you will know exactly what it is. You will know it's menopause-related, which is something I wish I'd known. Because I could have spoken to someone, I could have had treatment. So many things might be different. Conversely, I'm glad they're not because I wouldn't be here doing this with you guys right now and I wouldn't be able to help in the way that I can help. But at that moment, 
I, I, I was screaming inside for, for something, for help, but help for something I didn't know I had. Did you know that whilst you're menopausal, you're only actually in the menopause stage for one day? I only found that out about eight months ago, six to eight months ago. I'm 48 now. So when you think my menopause time began by 40 at the latest, I actually now think I may have been 38, 39. It's hard to tell exactly, but I was sub 40. That's seven and a half years of battle to know that I was leading up to my menopause. So the four stages that you may or may not know, during your adult lifetime, you will be in one of these four stages. Now, there's, I'm going to go into them in more detail in a minute, but in summary, they are pre-menopause, then perimenopause, which is the big mystery and it's the big talking point at the moment that it's the one that most people are in when they say they're in menopause, but they just don't know it's actually perimenopause. Then you move into menopause, which is that one day, and then it's post-menopause. And if you didn't know any of this, you're absolutely not alone. Most women in menopause of one any stage haven't heard these terms because the M word is still very taboo. It's not spoken about or taught enough. It's definitely changing, which is great. And I'm so I'm so privileged to be part of all of this, this time in history. But it's potentially going to take years to obliterate completely. You know, it is one of the main reasons I do what I do. And it's most likely why you're here, because you want to help bust that to do as well and be part of this menopause revolution that's happening. But in order to do that, you need a better understanding of what it's actually all about. So here's a bit more on each of those four stages. So pre-menopause, this is the, the one that most people won't have even heard of at all, but it is, it is a technical stage of your life. And it's the period of your life that precedes menopause. It's the stage after puberty when your hormone levels are still increasing, you know, so you're still becoming an adult and you're having regular periods. The main hormones in your body at this point are estrogen, progesterone and testosterone. Um, yep, you heard me, testosterone. It is not just for the boys. And in fact, when we are pre and peri menopause, testosterone, we actually produce more of that than estrogen. So let that mess with your head for a little bit, because most people think of the female hormones as just being estrogen and progesterone. But we actually have a lot of testosterone. So from pre-menopause, now that can go on for any length of time. There is no predetermined timeline for any of these periods because every woman is different. It's going to happen to you at a different time from your best friend, from your mum, from your cousins, from just people you know online. There's no way to know. You can't preempt it in that way. 
But if you can understand these four stages, at least you'll have a better idea of where about on the timeline you might be. So perimenopause is the next period which leads up to the menopause. And this is when the symptoms associated with menopause can be experienced. To put it simply, perimenopause just means around the time of menopause. And it refers to the time where your body is making this transition towards menopause. It will begin once your hormone levels have peaked and they're now starting to decline. And you'll most likely still be having periods, but they'll probably be far less frequent. They may be less severe, but they may be more severe. In my case, that's what happened. Um, they started to become really painful and I've never had much of a problem in my teens, but this was excruciating in some instances. But there are loads of other symptoms that you can start to notice at this point as well, some or all of them. And I have had pretty much the full list over my, um, my decade so far in menopause. So menopause itself. Now, this is the day, the one day, and it will typically occur between 45 and 50 years of age. It's when your menstruation has stopped. But to be classed as officially in menopause, it has to be at least 12 months since your last period. Yep, a full year of no bleeding. Twice in my time, I've gotten to that 11-month point, and then boom, several periods back to back, like literally within a couple of weeks of each other, just do, 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 do. Um, it becomes very sporadic, very unpredictable. Yeah, uh, that's probably one of the first things you will notice that will maybe trigger you to thinking it could be menopause. So up until that day, that one day that's 12 months after your last period, if you reach that day, if you're under 45, it's typically considered early menopause. And that's what I thought I had. But the more I've done research and the more I've looked into my own story. If you're under 40, when you hit menopause, that's called premature menopause. And that's, that's really where I believe I was now, looking back. You may know it as POI or premature ovarian insufficiency, but it just means that it's, it's an extremely early menopause because the average age is 51 in the UK, but it is very much an average. So, you know, premature menopause is estimated to affect about 1% of women under 40 and 0.1% of women under 30. So it is rare but it's not impossible. And therefore you can never be too young. And that's very much one of my missions is to just get that out there, that there is no such thing as too young. And GPs and medics need to stop telling women that they can't possibly be menopausal because of their age. It's just absolute nonsense. So the more we can do to spread that word and make people aware that it really can't happen anytime, is so important. Then when you've had your menopause day, the very next day 
you are in post-menopause. Next day. And by now, you'll start to see symptoms. If they're not already hugely reduced, they will now start to reduce. Despite the terminology, you're never actually through menopause. You're never over menopause or you're never out of menopause. You'll be in post-menopause for the rest of your life. But just hopefully you will be moving towards being symptom-free. And for many women, myself included, as I'm now finding out, this is, this is actually a really liberating stage of life. You may not believe it right now, but it will come. There's a certain sense of freedom comes from being in this stage of life. There's new opportunities you become aware of that you maybe wouldn't have noticed before. And there's often a renewed sense of confidence. And that is absolutely something that I have experienced. And that's coming from someone who's never been particularly confident. I can now say that after menopause, now I'm in post-menopause, I'm probably the most confident I've ever been in my life. And that seems so bizarre when it really, menopause almost destroyed me, right? Now, I know there's some surgical treatments and health conditions that can completely throw out all of those rule books. But I'm not an expert in these areas. So I'm not going to elaborate on that today. However, I will be talking to several amazing ladies in the future who do have first-hand knowledge in these areas, along with my guest gurus who can help with other elements of getting, you know, getting ready for menopause and being armed for it. So hopefully now you understand where you are on this journey. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to know what you've learned. I would love to know which stage you are in and if it's anything different to what you thought previously before you listened to this episode. That would be really interesting for me. And of course, tell me any symptoms that you have. We're going to talk about symptoms on episode two. And tell me what your experience has been so far, if you want to. If you want to. And I'm here to talk privately and I'm here to share your stories publicly if you would like me to do that. So on that note, episode one is a wrap. Thank you so much for watching and listening. I do truly hope you've learned something new today or at least just enjoyed hearing my story and knowing that what you're experiencing isn't, it's not a solo journey. Other people are going through similar and we need to pull together and help each other, support each other, understand each other. And if you'd like to be a guest on future episodes, please drop me a message. I'll send you a link to apply. Very short questionnaire and you will be added to the list. And when I can fit you in, I will be in touch and we can sort that out. So just a wee reminder as well, that you can join the Facebook group which has, excuse me, it's a private group. Uh, It's a nice, safe community. There's support there. There's training going in there, articles going in there, just news, support, and friendship. Get to know the other people there. Share your own stories. Support each other through the group. You can check out my new website as well, which has 
been creative, but it's about to get a whole lot bigger. There's so much going into the website. I cannot wait. And feel free to drop me a message anytime if you want to chat, if you need some advice, or you just want to be pointed in the right direction. That's what I'm here for. So until next time, thank you so much, everyone. Goodbye.